Do we still use the carbohydrate loading diet for marathons? Our guest today is going to bring us up to date. You're listening to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD, and I'm dietitian Kathy King. Nancy Clark is a sports nutritionist in Boston, home of the Boston Marathon. She has worked with marathoners, Red Sox, college, elite, and Olympic athletes, as well as recreational athletes. Nancy's book, Sports Nutrition Guide, has sold over a half million copies. She writes a monthly column, The Athlete's Kitchen, that is syndicated in over 150 publications. Today we'll be discussing nutrition for running marathons. Nancy, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Kathy. I'm honored to be invited. Nancy, being in Boston as a sports nutritionist must mean you have clients who are marathon runners. Do many Bostonians compete? The Boston Marathon is certainly on the bucket list for a lot of people in Boston. And uh, nowadays, it's also on the bucket list for people all around the globe. And there are actually many doctors that come to Boston just to train the marathon. The American Medical Athletic Association meeting is held every year before the marathon, and there are a lot of doctors that come in just for that meeting and to run the marathon. That's interesting. Um, I know diets are individualized, but I'm sure listeners will want to know the general nutrition goals when training for a marathon. Yes. Each person's body is very, very different when it comes to marathon running and nutrition. Uh, For example, some people can eat before they run and have no problems whatsoever, whereas other people go, whoa, they need to wait four hours. Um, Bill Rogers said it very nicely. He said, you know, Nancy, more marathons are won or lost in the porta toilet than they are at the dinner table. So um, when I'm working with marathoners, first of all, we have to establish um, if they have intestinal problems. And uh, assuming that they can teach their body to tolerate food, then we can, um, it's a lot easier to um, help them to always be thinking about how to fuel up, fuel during, and refuel. Uh, for their training runs as well as for the marathon itself. Oh, I, I can see that with just about all athletes. They're so different on whether or not they can tolerate food and beverage and, and depends on the sports. How does an athlete eat differently leading up to the day of competition? Do they still use the old carbohydrate loading diet? Well, the way that I look at it is every day a runner or an athlete should be eating a diet that's based on grains, fruits, vegetables. These carbohydrates are what fuel the muscles. They want some protein to build and repair the muscles, but it's always three times more carbs than protein. And you need to practice your eating during your training. So what's different before the marathon is that you taper off your exercise, keep your diet the same, and then the extra calories that you aren't burning off because you're tapering your exercise, actually that's what goes to load your muscles, so to speak. So the last thing anyone wants to do before the marathon is to change their diet. Um, I know of one person who, back in the days of carbo-loading, said, oh, I carbo-loaded. I thought it meant stuffing myself with pasta. And she stuffed herself the night before. The next morning woke up feeling like a beached whale and had a pretty slow race. I know somebody else that said, oh, I'll carbo-load the all-natural way and ate lots of dried fruits and ended up with diarrhea. So don't change your diet before the marathon. <laughs> you, you practice what you're going to be doing during your long runs, and then on the day of the event, like I say, the, the difference is in the training and not in the diet. If they're eating the same diet during the competition as they do 
previous to they just cut back on exercise, so they're loading the carbohydrate. What do they have right before competition? And it is that individual? Um, what you eat before a marathon, again, it would, it would vary. Some of it depends on the time of the marathon. For example, Boston Marathon starts at like 10.30. You know, some people started at 10.30. Some people started at 11.30. Just, you get these huge marathons that are in waves, and they had to get up at 5 in the morning to get out there. So there's time for two meals. You know, some, most marathons start more like 8 in the morning, but people still need to get up at 4, 5, 6 in the morning. So certainly there's time to eat before the marathon. The way that I look at it is that I encourage my clients to eat well the day before. Some people like to have a big breakfast or brunch. Say if the marathon's on Sunday, then on Saturday maybe they have French toast for breakfast or have a big meal at breakfast or lunch. Then that food has plenty of time to be digested, to get stored in the muscles as glycogen, and then they eat dinner, but it's not this stuffing themselves type meal. And then the next morning they wake up, and what they eat for breakfast really is to help to maintain their blood glucose levels. The day before is to fuel the muscles. The day of is what helps to maintain your blood glucose. Because so much of marathoning, like any sport, is mental. And so the brain eats only the, the sugar that's in the blood. So when blood sugar drops, as it does during a marathon, then the person just won't be able to perform at their best and run at their best. So um, I have my clients think about the day before fueling the muscles, eating well then, the morning of, how can they main, eat to maintain their blood glucose level? And that can happen both before uh, what they eat beforehand as well as what they're eating during the event. For people that can't eat beforehand because they're so nervous and anxious, maybe they have that breakfast the night before, before they go to bed. So instead of having oatmeal at 6 in the morning, maybe they have oatmeal at 10 o'clock at night. Again, just to help to maintain their blood sugar levels. You're listening to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD. I'm Kathy King, and I'm speaking with sports dietitian Nancy Clark, and we're talking about nutrition for running marathons. Nancy? Tell us about what fluids and foods people should be eating during the race. During the race, many people think they're supposed to be having gels, goose, chomps, sports beans. There are all sorts of commercial products that are out there. And those are pre-wrapped, convenient. There's certainly nothing wrong with them. Um, other people find that their body does better with foods that they're used to. Maybe it's maple sugar candy, maybe it's gummy bears, maybe it's Tootsie Rolls, maybe it's dried pineapple or dried apples. Um, so what the body wants is carbohydrates, sugars actually, um, because that's what's simplest to digest. And there are many ways to get sugar. I mean, and, you know, a gel or a goo is just refined sugar in any, in any way you call it. So it, it's just figuring out what you can eat to hit your target so for most of my clients, you know, I recommend that they target, you know, 200, if they're larger people, 300 calories per hour. What they eat before the marathon will probably last them for about an hour, hour and a half. And then after that, they want to be targeting, you know, 200, 250, 300 calories, depending on their body size, the intensity of their running, what they can tolerate. So during their training, they need to figure out, how they can hit that, that calorie goal. And again, that helps them to prevent 
a drop in blood sugar so that they can maintain their focus, concentration, and enjoyment of the race. You know, to run on empty is no fun. So what would you do then as far as thirst goes, and is thirst a good predictor of whether or not they need more fluid during the race? Thirst is a mediocre predictor. Most athletes replace about two-thirds of what they lose. And if you're just out there for an hour or so and you lose and you replace two-thirds of what you lose, you still have plenty left in your body. But if you're out there for four or five hours and have a constant um, you know, loss, then you can end up dehydrated. So with people that sweat heavily, I highly recommend that they, during their training, that they weigh themselves before and after an hour of running. And then they can figure out how much weight they lost. One pound is 16 ounces. If they lost two pounds during their hour-long run, then that's 32 ounces. That's a quart. And then they know they can hit their target. If they know they lose two pounds an hour, they need to drink eight ounces every 15 minutes. If they drink eight ounces of a sports drink, then they get calories in that as well. So their job is to prevent dehydration by knowing their sweat rate, hitting that target, and to prevent their blood sugar from dropping um, by eating, you know, getting enough calories as they go along. So, um, you know, when people hit those targets and prevent dehydration, um, and prevent their blood sugar from dropping, then they, they don't hit the wall, and they have a lot, lot more fun during the marathon. A lot more, yes. So that brings me to the next question. Are there different nutrition considerations for elite competitors who finish in less than two and a half hours compared to people who take four to six hours to finish the, co- the competition? Yeah, the runners that take four to six hours essentially are packing a, a picnic along with them. <laughs> They're going at a smaller, at a, at a slower pace, so their body can, you know, digest food more easily. The very elite runners, you, you really won't see them chomping on a, on an energy bar during the marathon. Um, they barely are able to take in a swig of of a sports drink. Um, but again, their bodies are trained to. Um, you know, to go the distance, and they, they've learned how to, you know, manage the fluids in, in the way that works for them in their digestive tract. But the, the big difference is, is that just in, in two hours versus six hours, um, you can, I mean, just with the intensity of the exercise, they just aren't able to consume anything, but their body is trained to go the distance. The, the four- to six-hour runners, they just have a whole different training system, and they need more fuel during the event. All right. So they could potentially eat a lot and drink a lot during the competition? Well, they want to hit their targets. If they're out there for four hours and if they're hitting 250 calories an hour, um, then in four hours they're taking in 1,000 calories. With the, with the marathon runners, what they eat beforehand will probably last them a good hour and a half, if not two hours, so that they don't have as urgent a need for, for calories, although it, helps, it really helps them to maintain their blood sugar level. Um, and they, they've all really fine-tuned um, a, a, a program so that they know what to do, what they're mm-hmm. going to take, what exactly works, how much, and, it, and they've got it really down to a science. So we know that you have to have something after the event uh, what are the important times and and foods that you eat after the event? After a marathon, my attitude is 
It's like, you know, have whatever you want. Some people are feeling really nauseous and queasy, and for them, some chicken noodle soup, some broth, some sports drink, something salty is probably um, what's most appealing. It's really during your training that you want to pay attention to what you eat for recovery because when you're training, the next day you're going out and you, know, you do a long run, and then the next day or the day after, you're, again, you're training again. After the marathon, you're on vacation. Um, but the concept is the body wants uh, carbohydrates to refuel the depleted glycogen. It wants um, protein to build and repair the, the damaged muscles. So we're looking for three times more carbs and protein. Uh, chocolate milk is certainly a popular recovery food. Most people, after they do a long run, they go home and maybe they have French toast for breakfast. Again, it's carb-protein combination. I'm concerned when the people have, do a long run and then they just have a protein shake. You know, the protein builds and repairs, but it doesn't refuel muscles. And so protein doesn't replace depleted glycogen stores. So think three times more carbs and protein, and standard foods will do it just fine. Uh, a fruit smoothie made with Greek yogurt, you know, a plate of spaghetti and meatballs, um, a bowl of cereal and milk, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So there are many ways to get carbs and proteins in the familiar favorite foods that all runners seem to enjoy. Can you summarize, Nancy, for us what you want us to remember about sports nutrition for a marathon competition? Yes. Um, the important thing is to remember that part of your training is to train your intestinal tract. So before every long run, you practice your fueling, you practice your drinking so that you learn what works for your body, how much, how often you could consume something. You want to learn your sweat rate so that you can drink the right amount, not too much, not too little, to prevent dehydration. You want to learn how, much, how many calories your body can tolerate. And generally, I'd be looking... Um, at what you eat beforehand lasts you for about an hour, hour and a half, and then you want to be targeting, depending on your body size, 200, 250, 300 calories per hour thereafter. How are you going to consume those calories? And the one thing that we didn't talk about is many people, when they start training for a marathon, they just assume that they're going to lose weight. And it's like, no, you don't train a marathon to lose weight. Many people end up getting a lot hungrier and they actually gain weight. But it's very hard to lose weight when you're doing endurance exercise. So just put that goal on the back burner and focus more on fueling because food is fuel. And <clears throat> it's really going to help you to be the, the faster runner, even though many people think, oh, if I'm just lighter, I'll be faster. I have so many examples of people who, when they're better fueled, they're faster. Nancy, thank you for bringing your sports nutrition insight to us. This has been wonderful. It's been my pleasure, Kathy. Thanks to our guest today, sports dietitian Nancy Clark. We've been discussing nutrition for running marathons. I'm Kathy King, and you've been listening to Nutrition Edge on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening.